0: The wacky world of radio around the state of Montana continues. I see myself on the TV, so that must mean we're live. Spots might might have gotten a little scrambled there. Regardless, welcome in. Happy Thursday. Hope everybody's having an outstanding day. I'm Colter Nuanas. This is Nuanas Now, 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Maybe you're watching SWX Montana television. Either way, I'm hot. Air conditioning went out in my car on the way back from Grizz practice after I already sat in the sun and baked out there for about an hour. But uh, 93 degrees in the heat. Couldn't ask for a better day. Love being outside in Montana in the summertime. Got to soak it up while we're here. Of course, we're going to be talking all things football today. The first hour, break down the Bobcats. My brother, Brooks Duanas, hit up Bobcat football camp uh, earlier today. So we actually had a real-life in-person look at the Bobcats. I'm going to go over there next week and go check them out a little bit as well. But uh, Brooks gave me a little scouting report. So got some feedback from that. also have some sound bites from Freddie Banks, defensive coordinator from MSU, to share with you from uh, media day a little while back and uh also gonna hear from the one and only bobby hauck we will be sharing at least once a week interviews with coach hauck probably a little more frequent this time of year but each week uh we will have uh at least one one-on-one with with bobby hauck and uh so we look forward to sharing all that with you as well second hour is gonna be a fun second hour good friend carolyn check who doesn't know sports he's gonna swing by carolyn um One of the best comedic parts of this show, to be sure. Uh, But also, she set up something very cool. Sarah Colone, who is a comedian and also the wife of John Ryan. Famous, most famous probably, as the Seattle Seahawks punter. Uh, He's up with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders right now. But Sarah Colone is a pretty pretty, uh, reputable comedian. And uh, she also has something very cool that she's created. I know that there's a lot uh, that goes into preparing to go to a game, no matter what uh, gender you are. But I know that a lot of women, they like to have all their their things in one little bag. Well, there's this new clear bag policy. A lot of people don't like the clear bag policy. There's some stuff that maybe you don't necessarily want to show the whole world. And uh, so Sarah has created these cool little clutches that are basically specifically for stadiums. And that we are going to give you some of these. So we're going to talk more about that in hour number two. So it should be a fun uh, show today. Lots of laughs upcoming. Also a lot of analysis upcoming as well. If you want to listen or watch anywhere else besides your traditional radio or television, you can always head over to our station website, 1029ESPN.com. There you'll find the stream. You can also hit us up on YouTube. I'm starting to craft my YouTube idea. I can't tell you about the YouTube giveaway until I have it all solidified. But I've been trying to come up with something super unique. We always give you cool stuff around here, especially in the fall. In the past, we've given you away uh, big game freezers, traggers, um, a super cool hunting knife last year that was uh, bedazzled and jeweled with all these uh, super cool stones and, and precious metals. So we always have cool fall giveaways. But I'm working on something a little different outside the box in terms of the actual prize. We're also working out the details of how we're going to make you go subscribe to our YouTube channel so you can win on the YouTube channel. So just hit up N-U-A-N-E-Z and subscribe on YouTube today because I do think uh, it's a great platform to stream this show, both audio and visually. And uh, as you know, YouTube's sort of the future. I mean, it's the present now. It's the way that everybody's doing everything. I mean, I know Tommy learns how to fix the radio machine just by watching the YouTube. So uh, YouTube's a great platform, and it's a great way to stream this show as well. So uh, please go subscribe to our YouTube channel. More details coming on our YouTube giveaway We are broadcasting to you live from the Northwest Motorsports studio. Northwest Motorsport is new to Missoula. They're located at the corner of Stevens and Mount. I just drove by there today on the way down to Dornblazer Field to watch the Grizz practice. And when they say they have the largest inventory of trucks in the Pacific Northwest, they're not lying. They got all sorts of vehicles and trucks that are all jacked up and uh, ready for you, any of your off-road adventures or your on-road adventures as well. So go check out Northwest Motorsport in Missoula, or you can hit them up online, nwmsrocks.com. Let's uh, talk a little Bobcat football way, don't we? I've been fortunate enough to go to the Grizz practices for four days in a row. Grizz practice down at Dorn's Blazer Field about two hours a day. I have not been able to stay for the duration of a practice except the first one because that was at night after the show. They get started about 2.15, and they go until about 4.30. So uh, I obviously have to jet back here on weekdays, so I haven't been able to watch a full practice in its duration. But Grizz look really good. And I feel, uh, I feel pretty comfortable talking about them since I have seen them in person now several times already uh, just in this first week of fall camp. I have not seen the Bobcats with my own eyes, but I have gotten uh, I got a couple pairs of eyes over there in Bozeman, including my brother, Brooks Duanas, the senior photographer at SkylineSportsMT.com and my business partner, co-founder of Skyline Sports. So go check out SkylineSportsMT.com. I've got a bunch of stories, a bunch of content up there, including a uh, piece of content that I produced last night about the six biggest storylines coming into this Montana State fall camp. So you can analyze that. I'll give you a a couple bullet points from that here uh, in just a quick minute. But Brooks was over there in Bozeman, live and in person, to watch and take in the Bobcats. And he had a ton of feedback for me and and for us, so we'll get to all that. The number one storyline, I think, broadly that people are gravitating toward is Obviously, the new coaching staff, particularly with a new head coach in Brent Vegan, a new offensive coordinator in Taylor Housewright, and a new defensive coordinator in Freddie Banks. Freddie Banks will join us here in just a minute. Not live. It's a a couple pieces of audio from his media day appearance a couple weeks back. I guess last week. Gosh, time's flying by. It was only a week ago. I was in Bozeman Wild. But regardless... Everybody wants to know life after Jeff Choate. How does it go on? Will it move on? You know, will the Bobcats be as impassioned and fiery and physical as they have been for the last five years? I understand why that's a primary storyline. Quarterbacks is always going to be a primary storyline this time of year, everywhere you're at, but particularly at Montana State since they have struggled so mightily at the quarterback position since Dakota Prukop graduate transferred following the 2015 season. But to me, the biggest storyline, or at least my biggest piece of analysis for this Bobcat squad, is sort of breaking down and diagnosing the different defensive scheme change. And broadly, when the coaching staff came in, when Freddie Banks first announced that he was the D.C. and and he sort of started laying out his philosophies at large, he talked about how they were moving from a three-man front, which Jeff Choate was famous for, to a four-man front, a more traditional defense. So I was thinking they were just going to shift to a 4-3, and this meant some different um, position changes for a bunch of different premier players. Start on the front line, Chase Benson, best nose tackle in the league. He's going to have to play more of a traditional defensive tackle if they're running a traditional 4-3. Amondar Williams, one of the best bucks, one of the best outside linebacker, stand-up defensive end type hybrids in the Big Sky Conference. He was going to have to move to defensive end, more traditional defensive end. Daniel Hardy, one of the most athletic Sam linebackers in the league. He was going to have to move to defensive end as well. Troy Anderson, who was playing Sam last year, moving in from first to will linebacker, now Mike linebacker. I was envisioning all of this in a more traditional 4-3 scheme. Well, now my brother was there to diagnose uh, what they're doing, and I'm not here to give away all the scheme tricks and nuances and all that, but my brother has a very sophisticated defensive mind. He played college football for three years here at the University of Montana, and uh, he's really good at seeing the stuff pretty darn uh, fluidly and also explaining it very well. Well, Freddie Banks, who you are here from in just a minute, but he, he has talked now about how this is going to be much more of a 4-2-5 defense. They're going to play a nickel on the field a lot. Montana State actually played a big safety look, a three safety look, pretty prevalently down the stretch in 2019. Sometimes they would have Anderson on the field as sort of an edge guy, but when he wasn't on the field, oftentimes they would have either JoJo Henderson or Ty Okada in as a sort of rover third safety spot. Well, now they're going to play basically... Two corners on an island, a nickel, and that nickel could be somebody like Tyrell Thomas, who's kind of your beat-you-up-in-the-slot type guy, can also play in the box. Also could bump out to outside corner if he's playing, uh, if he has an advantageous or a necessary matchup that they want him to uh, cover a specific receiver. But then you could put Ty Cotta there. He's played nickel before in his career. He's also familiar with that sort of nickel-rover hybrid spot, playing in the box, playing over the top of the slot. He's a good tackler. He's a willing tackler or you could play a big nickel there. And the big nickel in what in this defense is going to be Taden Gilman. Taden Gilman's a guy that's sort of gotten lost in the shovel. He was an outstanding player at Kalispell Glacier, the son of Mark Gilman, who most famously played for the Nebraska Cornhuskers back in their heyday during the Tom Osborne era. And Gilman, uh, he can run well. He's a good tackler. But he's had a hard time sort of finding a position at linebacker and then breaking into the rotation. Well, I actually kind of like him at big nickel because I do think he can support in the box. He can run pretty well. He's a good tackler in space. I don't know if I necessarily love him being matched up on a slot all the time, but they're not going to do that. That's, it's going to be personnel-based. So this all brings me to say that I was very skeptical about Amandre Williams playing a true DN, but if it's more of this flex system, I think they'll play him at multiple different techniques, whether it's a 5-I or a wide 9. He's going to move up and down the line. He might even stand him up at some point. They've had good returns on Daniel Hardy as well. He has put on a ton of weight. I think he's put on 15 to 20 pounds. He looks the part. He's been in a lot of their social media videos out of Montana State. And I think that adjustment is going to go pretty okay as well. And uh, I, then now that I'm sort of uh, envisioning what they are sort of wanting to build, the, their vision for this defense, this coaching staff's vision for this defense, I'm sort of starting to get it. They want as much speed on the field as possible. Uh, they want – it's going to be – a gap scheme type defense, not necessarily a filter it to your big dogs type defense that we've become so accustomed to at both Montana schools the last couple of years. No matter what the defense was uh, in the early 2010s for the Bobcats or even for the last eight to 10 years, there's been a lot of different defensive coordinators, a lot of different defensive philosophies. But broadly, most of the schemes are built for some guys to sacrifice, some guys to set the edge or spill. And I know we're getting into a lot of uh, football jargon now. But it's to set up the main tacklers. Montana's defense the last couple years is a prime example of that. You want to cause chaos and wreckage on the front line. You want to part the seas. And then a couple guys are the ones making all the tackles. It's either Dante Olson, who's filling the strong side gaps the last couple years. Jace Lewis gets the cutbacks. And then Robbie Houck is the final line of defense. And that's why I think you saw all three of those guys have more tackles in a single season in the same season 2019 than anybody in the history of the University of Montana. I know there's a lot of skepticism. Stats and tackles are kept different in every school. I get sort of that scuttle uh, to a certain extent, but also the reason Robbie Houck, Jace Lewis, and Dante Olson all had 130-plus tackles is because of the scheme more than anything. Statistical keeping aside, they all would have been, regardless of their stacking tackle stats in Montana or not, they all would have been 100-plus tackle guys no matter what because of the scheme. So oftentimes, schemes are designed to put your best players in the position to make plays. This Scap scheme is going to take a lot of the North Dakota State former uh, philosophies. Also, this is going to be kind of similar to what Montana was running uh, back in the 2000s, not necessarily in alignment or personnel, but just in identity. Everybody do their job. Everybody do their 111th, and uh, let's get this thing done. So I'm so in, interested to see. When I first initially thought it was Troy Anderson playing a true Mike linebacker, lining up over the center in a 4-3 defense, I thought, man, he is an outstanding athlete. He can do anything and everything on a football field well, but that would be one of the worst things that he could do just in terms of accentuating his talents. Getting caught in traffic, getting caught in a place where he can um, get squished by multiple guards or get caught up in the flow of the traffic and the collisions, where teams can isolate him or run away from him or lead block against him or whatever. None of those things were going to accentuate his best strengths, which are his ability in open space, his ability to chase down ball carriers, uh, his ability to use his unparalleled and basically peerless speed. Now that I'm kind of getting a vision of what they're doing and I had my brother explain it to me, it makes a lot more sense to me. Brooks basically said this is like a 4 2-4-1 Two four one defense. So you basically have the four down linemen. You have two inside linebackers that are roaming around. They have uh, pretty big parts of the field to cover. That's why you need guys with speed. Then you have the four DBs, including one safety who's play, basically playing up in the box, kind of like a rover, or a nickel guy. And then you have the one high free safety, and that's going to probably be Jeffrey Manning, the, um, the Oregon State transfer. So uh, all that is to say that I think that it's it starting to come, at least in my mind, uh, to make more sense for me what Montana State wants to do defensively. Here's a couple thoughts from Freddie Banks, Montana State's defensive coordinator, on what he wants to do defensively. You're listening to Nuanas Now, 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Or maybe you're watching in-statewide television, SWX Montana TV. I'm cool through Nuwana's. Talking all things Bobcat football right now, the... Camp's raging on the other side of the Great Divide as well. And my brother Brooks was there. So some feedback from that. But here's Freddie Banks, Montana State's defensive coordinator. Just a couple general thoughts on MSU's defense thus far.
2: Well, they got, you know, I think like three quarterbacks that are mobile. The O-line is really physical every day. Uh, So it's a good battle every day for sure. Um, I think we got one of the better running backs in the league. And we got depth behind them. Um, our receivers are really talented. We challenge and we compete every single day at DB. It's no, it's no um, secret that we plan on being aggressive in the secondary and we play that way in practice. Everybody else in the country is going to see this video and that dude's at past film. We're going to line up in front of you and our receivers take that challenge on every day and we win some, we lose some, and we like to see the receivers make plays when we don't do our job. And you like to see DBs make plays when we do a good job. So it's a good, it's a good combination. I think when you just look at, you don't come to Montana State in Bozeman, Montana, and say we're going to have this air raid offense and uh, or a uh, defense that's that's yeah, going to be soft. Um, we actually just had a meeting with the defense, and we talked about being physical, the most physical defense in the conference, which will put us at the top in the country, being physical and not just doing it for one play, but doing it for 60 minutes every single time we take the field. We talk about practicing that way. So um, I think when you cut on the film, um, I don't know exactly what will happen through every single game, but I got a feeling when you cut on the film uh, September 4th and every game after that, you'll say Montana State football is a tough football program.
0: So there you go. The leaving question was actually about the offense that he's been going against and how they want to have a physical identity, how that is going to help Montana State's defense, MSU defensive coordinator, Freddie Banks joining us here on Nuanas. Now. A couple sound bites from him. Next, Troy Anderson, guy that needs no introduction, a Dylan Montana native, and All-American, at multiple positions during his time at MSU, and now, all of a sudden, he's a senior, and he's playing a new position again. If there's anybody that can do it, it's him. I like what I'm hearing in terms of the new Mike linebacker, so to speak. The uh, It's not a traditional Mike. He's going to be playing... Way more in space and sort of a roaming around the middle of Montana State's defense. And I like that. So he can use his speed. Freddie Banks on Troy Anderson here on Nuanas now, 1 2 9, ESPN Missoula.
2: Um, Troy's going to play Mike Linebacker Force, uh, which is the center, center of our defense. He's going to communicate. He's the leader. Um, you're going to see his big self standing right there in the middle every play and making all the checks. So, um, you know, I think Troy can be. Really dynamic. We all know Troy Anderson, the athlete, but you'll see him not playing between receivers now. He'll be in the box a little bit more, uh, which I think will help him in his future. But you know, you'll see him making a lot of plays and really in the center of our defense running sideline to sideline. Can
0: you talk about that dynamic his now and his future? Because he seems like he has uh, mm-hmm. a future ahead of him in football if he wants it. But kind of balancing those two things, you know, because sometimes he's so good in space. But this is yeah. his first time playing in the box. How do you sort of balance, balance his development within the scope of what you need from him on defense? Yeah. Well, just
2: what we do in general. We want we want more athletes on the field as much as we can get. And Troy's really good at playing in space. But we put another guy out there that's good at playing in space, and now we're even faster on defense. Um, and we got our best leader on defense making all the checks and really being the focal point of how we operate on defense. He's going to be closing the defense. He's going to be making sure we're on point. And that's him. I mean, he's he's Bobcat through and through. I mean, what better Mike? I don't think I'll ever have a, a better Mike. You know, just the person and the athlete. And the, you know, it's, it's going to be rare that you have that combination in my career. So I'm going to take full advantage of it.
0: It's so interesting when you have new coaches that inherit players, quote unquote, inherit players. That they didn't recruit, but they realized instantly how special that they are. We had this with Danny Sprinkle and uh, Harold Frey at Montana State recently as well. And uh, I think that that's one thing that makes a mature coach is sort of relinquishing control and realizing, hey, this guy's been here for five years. He's been the pinnacle of this program. That's sort of the the centerpiece of the program. And so uh, let's just empower him to be as good as he possibly can be. So interesting thoughts there from Freddie Banks on uh, Troy Anderson, All-American linebacker for Montana State. Nuan is now 102.9 ESPN, Missoula, SWX Montana Television, talking all things Bobcat football, particularly the Bobcat defense and how it might evolve here in year one under Brent Vegan and his staff, particularly defensive coordinator Freddie Banks, another guy who is going to be relied on heavily. I I believe that Amadre Williams is one of the better edge players in the league. I think he will be no matter matter what way you line him up. I think Chase Benson is one of the best interior defensive linemen in the league, and I think he will be no matter how you line him up. I think Troy Anderson will uh, be successful no matter what he does. Is it the elite success that you uh, covet so much out of a guy that is such a unique and special talent? We'll see, but I think he'll be uh, all big sky good no matter what. I do think they have talent in the secondary that if they come along, I think also uh, playing for a defensive coordinator that is the secondary coach as well will help accelerate the young group on the back end, uh, their prowess. And we're going to get to the secondary in just a quick minute, but... The guy that could be the breakout player of this Bobcat defense is Daniel Hardy. He's been one of the best athletes on the team since he arrived. Super raw kid, a kid that played basketball most of his high school career. Ended up going the junior college route. When he got to MSU, he was first playing buck end, but he just wasn't quite heavy enough for that, so he played some Sam linebacker backing up Troy Anderson. He ended up starting some games uh, down the stretch in 2019 when Anderson was sort of in and out and then completely out of the lineup. And now he's playing with his hand in the dirt. He's put on about 15 or 20 pounds. He looks like a great athlete. uh, And he looks like a guy that, he looks like a defensive end, I guess I could say. So, Coach Banks, he was asked about Daniel Hardy. He did not mince words at what he thinks Hardy's
2: potential could be. I think he can be one of the most explosive defensive ends in the country in FCS. And that's the expectation for him. Um, I think he'd be a really good pass rusher. And he's really good at the point of attack and run game. Um, our expectations are really high for him. And um, I think a lot of people will be surprised. We won't be surprised, but we're really pleased with him. He was actually one of the guys that are projected starters that went through all the spring, so he got all of those reps. And um, he's he's an explosive athlete, played receiver in high school. I mean, he's one of the better athletes on the team, so we're excited. About
0: if you ever seen him dance, when he finishes his dances, he'll do these standing backflips. I've seen him do it in full pads. He's a ridiculous athlete, 6'3", 230, really explosive off the edge. And I think that Daniel Hardy's definitely a guy that people are going to expect a lot out of us, particularly the Montana State coaching staff and the MSU defense. Nuana's now, 102.9 ESPN Missoula, SWX Montana Television. I'm Coulter Nuana's sharing some sound bites with Freddie Banks, defensive coordinator for the Bobcats as Montana State now uh, almost to their second week of fall camp. They opened about four days earlier than Montana, so they'll have their one-week quote-unquote anniversary on Friday. And uh, they're getting some work done on the other side of the Continental Divide as well. So here's one last soundbite from Freddie Banks. The MSU secondary, definitely one that has the most position battles. I think they have a lot of talent there to fight for those position battles. But there's some question marks there. When you lose Braden Conkle, Jackway Allen, and JoJo Henderson at safety, you lose Damian Washington and Greg Munchie-Filer and the Gibson Twins at corner. All of a sudden, uh, you got a lot of new faces. I think Tyrell Thomas will be one of the corners, probably the nickel. The guys that are sort of the front runners on the outside, Eric Zambrano, who's a long and talented sophomore. James Campbell, a junior who's a converted wide receiver, who's been maybe the most improved player of the entire uh, offseason for Montana State. Lavelle Price Jr. could be in there. Simeon Woodard, uh, who's a freshman, as well as Miles Jackson, a freshman. All those guys could battle it out at corner. I think Ty Okada is entrenched at safety, but – I think that there's some other guys. I think Jeffrey Manning will have uh, an inside track as a safety starter as well. But there's some other guys, particularly Trey Webb, a San Jose State transfer who just arrived on campus uh, not long ago, a guy that started at San Jose State for three years, was an all-Mountain West guy on San Jose State's uh, Mountain West championship team this last fall. And a guy that could make a big impact as well. So there's a lot of bodies to choose from on that back. And Rylan Orr, Missoula Sentinel product, might also be in the mix there uh, at safety as well. But a lot of guys in the mix, in the secondary. Uh, To me, there's two parts of the secondary equation one, talent. Do you got the talent to perform? Then two, execution, learning the scheme. I think Freddie, Freddie Banks agrees. Here's Freddie Banks, Montana State defensive coordinator and secondary coach on his secondary.
2: The talent part of the equation, the experience part of the equation, it seems like you got the talent part figured out. Mm-hmm. How do you get the experience part kind of caught up? Man, we're going, we're going to grind them and grind them and grind them through. We'll, we're going to be ready to go. Um, we're going to do whatever we got to do as a, as a, as a defense to get those guys up to speed. There will be, We're going to coach them every single rep, um, make sure they go through every situation. And the goal is for that secondary, for those young guys, that we leave out of camp and we're a disciplined group because um, we we're got talented, but we got to be disciplined. we got to be able to execute at a really high level. And I think if we get that out of those guys, if we end camp 25th or so around that, and we say we're a disciplined group, we've got a chance to win a lot of football games. So that'll be a huge focal point for us. Since so that's
0: your expertise, how much pride do you take in that
2: unit? I take a lot of pride in that unit. Um, and over the years, I've, I've taken young groups and got them ready to play, and I don't know how to do it, but just grinding them over and over again and walkthroughs and film and... And you don't, you don't let any detail pass. You coach them every single rep. And they're not going to like it, but they'll like it when we hit September 4th. Um, and I told them that. We're gonna, it's going to be a tough camp for them. But um, we'll get it done, for sure. fair to say Tyrell's kind of the leader of that group, at least the quarterback? Yeah, Tyrell. Tyrell is actually going to be playing some nickel for us. And then Ty Okada is definitely a leader in that group. Um, those two are the guys that guys look up to and, and listen to. Um, so we're excited about them. And, so we're not completely young, but to add depth, we got some young guys are going to be playing some key roles for us. And Jeffrey, what have been your kind of impressions of him so far? Oh, yeah, we're excited about Jeff. He's he's a talented guy. Glad we got him. Really talented transfer. So when
0: I want to ask about the nickel position because, mm-hmm. in layman's terms, people used to think that's just the third corner, but it's yeah. the first has such a premier yeah. position in football now. So, just your thoughts on the evolution
2: of nickel? Well, really, uh, I mean, it's a it's a a corner that can hold up in the box, you know Tyrell Thomas, that's him, Thick guy that can maybe be in a run fit, that can get backs down consistently, uh, could end up in the box with some motion adjustments. Um, but you can also keep him out of the box schematically. Um, and a guy who can line up and, and win in one-on-one matchups against those little slots. So it's really a mix of toughness and athletic ability. Not everybody that plays corner can line up in a nickel and, and do that, so. He's got a unique skill set. Well, that matchup becomes so tough, right? Because so many people move premier receivers in mm-hmm. the slot now too, so it's not about yeah. Yep, and we get the main coverage. We want to, we want to be able to match up all over the field. There'll be some times where we don't really care where you line up at. Tyrell, you got that guy <clears> and go cover him. And, um, and easy, you got, and, and Jane, whatever the matchups are, not every, every play, but there'll be some times where we, we go match up and we got big guys, little guys, fast guys, strong guys that we feel like we can match up with everybody in the conference.
0: There you go. A lot of confidence from Montana State Defensive Coordinator Freddie Banks joining us here on Nuanas Now, 102.9 ESPN Missoula, as well as SWX Montana Television. I'm Colter Nuanas. We're going to attack some more Grizz and Bobcat football a little later on in the show. We're going to hear from Bobby Houck, Montana head coach at hour number two. But before that, something we do every year, once a year, but something that's very fun. It's the BNR Celtic Games coming up uh, here on August 21st and 22nd. And uh, this is cool. So, our good friend Garrett, who sh- swings by about once a year, is here to interview with us. So, he'll join us here on Nuanez Now right after this.
3: Get to more.
1: This is Nuanez Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula.
0: And throwing heavy stuff all over the place? Well, do we have an event for you to either participate in or go watch, or maybe even both? Welcome back, Duanas on Now, 1029 ESPN, Missoula, SWX Montana Television, broadcasting to you live here from the Northwest Motorsport Studio. Go check out Northwest Motorsport, new to Missoula, corner of uh, Stevens and Mount. They also are available online, NWMSRocks.com. That's NWMSRocks.com. This is about a a once-a-year occurrence, but always one we really enjoy because this is a fun event, and it also makes for good radio because these are some unorthodox events that these people are going to participate in. Next weekend, August 21st and 22nd, that's a Saturday to Sunday, the 12th annual Bitterroot Celtic Games and Gathering. It's at the Daily Mansion. If you haven't been there, you should go, just period. It's an awesome place. What a beautiful venue and a piece of history as well. But this event itself is going to be very fun. Uh, All sorts of things going on next weekend. Garrett Middleton, he swings by at least once a year to help us spread the word
4: about this great event. How you been, man? What's going on? Oh, I've been good. Just getting ready for the uh, big Highland Games coming up here. This is always super fun. So these are sort of Celtic-style sports, right? So these are, quote-unquote, ancient-type sports, right? Ancient Scottish athletics. uh, Guys and gals throwing big, heavy things, uh, either for distance or for height or for accuracy. What is the most challenging part of that? Is is it the the, the weight,
0: the height, or the accuracy that makes the throwing of these things hard?
4: Well, it depends on the event, but every event has a different amount of difficulty to them. So some people might pick up one event better than the other, but uh, the caber, which is the fan favorite, that's always the hardest one for anybody to uh, learn how to do. I know you've participated in the past are you are you an athlete this year uh i believe i i will be a judge this year okay (laughs) good
0: well this seems like unless you're actually really taking it seriously i know i know a lot of people do take this very seriously but it seems like this is a way to get hurt if if you're not really uh, staying engaged in this because this is some uh heavy weight and some awkward movement sometimes
4: right absolutely uh northern rockies orthopedics uh (laughs) they, they really like me i think i've seen every surgeon uh there but yes you can get hurt um how however uh you you train for it and you just you do your best and sometimes it happens, but more than likely you'll be just fine. So tell people a little bit about, uh, some of, some of the other events. Cause there's a whole docket of events
0: that people can uh, come out and watch. And by the way, uh, Tickets are available online or at the gate for this thing. There's also a free shuttle from Hamilton High School, or you can park at the mansion for 10 bucks. But tell people what else they can sort of expect to see during this event.
4: Well, for the Highland Games, you have two stone throws, which is basically rocks, and you throw them shot-put style. You have two hammer tosses, a light and a heavy. Uh, you have a weight for distance, and you have a weight over bar, which is just a big weight, and you throw it as high as you can. A uh, sheath toss, which is a burlap sack, and you throw it as high as you can with a pitchfork, and Obviously, you have the caber toss uh, as well. I find this so fun, and and I think
0: that anybody that, uh, especially has kids, I think would find this really fun as well. But this is open for everybody, right? I mean, it's a great family event. You can come out. It's not just... Watching these games, but there's also live music. There'll be some Irish dancing, some bagpipes. There's food. So I mean, it, it's an event for the whole family, right?
4: It, it sure is. Um, it's a it's a big grounds, the Daily Mansion. You can walk through the whole uh, the grounds throughout the whole day and see something different going on throughout the whole day. Uh, a lot of people come there for the two days and still don't see see it all. And so for young and old, you know, come out and uh, see what see what we have available. They also have for the uh, those of age. They got some local beers that are gonna be available and also
0: some scotch and mead tasting as well. I will say, caution yourself with the mead because you can get out over your, over your skis a little bit with some of this stuff, but but this is also a fun element of it as well, uh, sort of highlighting some of our local brewers and distillers.
4: Absolutely, uh, we have the scotch and mead and there's some scotch tasting and you get to hear the history about it as well too. Mm-hmm. And so the uh, the distillers and brewmasters will come and talk to you about uh, about how it's made and um, you know the flavors that they chose bcgg.org. That's easy.
0: Just think of Bitterroot Celtic Games and Gathering, bcgg.org. You can find all the information you need there. Also, a cool factor here, kids 11 and under free if the adults are paying the admission. So, uh, this is a great way for you to go spend some time outside with your family. And a beautiful place, too. The Daily Mansion is one of the great places to spend a summer afternoon.
4: And on that Sunday with the kids, uh, I host a 5 to 11 kids Highland game. So, nice. all the weights are... Uh, for the kids, so 5 years old to 11 years old, they're different weights, and they can compete as well, free of charge, and you can bring their kids and just have them, you know, watch them throw rocks and hammers and, and weights over the bar. Garrett Middleton joining us here. nuana is
0: now the 12th annual Bitterroot Celtic Games and Gathering at the Daily Mansion next weekend. That's August 21st and 22nd. 20th and 21st, excuse me. Uh,
4: which what else do we need to know about this? Any other details that we need to know? Ooh, let's see. Well, it's, it's a great event. It's been going on for quite a while now, and I think it's going to be bigger than ever. We have more athletes than ever signed up. We'll have 100 athletes uh, throughout the grounds competing in all these nine different events throughout the day. And like I said, it's a fun family atmosphere. And if you haven't been there, you're missing out, so come check us out this year. And it is
0: super fun. A couple years ago, I swung out for a little while, and it was it was a spectacle to be had, and it's definitely... Something unique, something family-friendly, and uh, a great way to spend a summer afternoon or maybe even two down in the Bitterroot Valley. Garrett, thanks so much for swinging by, man. It's good to see you.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Look forward to it again next
0: year. 12th annual Bitterroot Celtic Games and Gathering at the Daily Mansion next weekend. Go check it out. You want more information? BCGG.org. Can't wait to talk to this next guy, Joey Lovell. He most recently was named an assistant golf coach at Montana State, but before that, he lit up my home golf course to the tune of a 19-under win in the Men's State Amateur Golf Championship, Joey Lovell, a Bozeman product and the reigning Men's State Amateur Golf Champion of Montana will join us next here on Nuana's Now, 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Sportsbet Bet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sports Bet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams both collegially and professionally.
1: It's New one is now on 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television.
0: Why can't I be this good at golf? We're going to determine that. But more importantly, actually talk about a guy that really is damn good at golf. Welcome back in. It's Nuanez Now, 102.9 ESPN Missoula. So you maybe you're watching in statewide television, SWX Montana television. I'm Coulter Nuanez. We're broadcasting to you live from the Northwest Motorsport Studio. Northwest Motorsport is located at the corner of Stevens and Mount here in Missoula. They're new to town. They boast the largest inventory of trucks anywhere. In the Pacific Northwest, you can also find them online, nwmsrocks.com. That's nwmsrocks.com. Time now for our Garden City Spotlight. The guy going to join us, Joey Lovell, the recently anointed state champion of men's amateur golf in the state of Montana. He's actually from Bozeman, but he won his championship here in Missoula at A great sponsor of ours, the Canyon River Golf Club out in East Missoula. Awesome supporter here of Nuwana is now. And uh, because of that support, it's become sort of my home course. So I have a lot of different questions for Joey on how maybe I can go out there and shoot 19 under over the weekend because, you know, I'm so far away from that, it's not even possible. Garden City Spotlight is brought to us by Dr. Gene Morris of Oral Surgical Associates. If you're looking for an oral surgeon in Missoula who offers compassionate care, advanced technology, and comprehensive treatment. Dr. Gene Morris at Oral Surgical Associates is the man for you. Dr. Gene Morris provides a full range of care, including implants, emergency surgeries, and wisdom teeth removal. Dr. Morris and his staff use advanced imaging technology for more accurate diagnosis and effective treatments, while also using innovative techniques to treat a wide range of problems. To benefit from this outstanding level of care, Schedule an appointment with Dr. Gene Morris at Oral Surgical Associates today, Joey. I know we've been uh, sort of playing phone tag because you've been on the road for a little while.
1: But thanks so much for coming on with us, my man. How you doing? Good. Thanks, Colter. I appreciate you having me on. Um, yeah, it's been a it's been a busy summer, but um, finally back home and settling in, and um, you know, excited to, to to be the champion. That's for sure.
0: No doubt. Well, there's been some big names that have risen up in in the world of Montana golf some super really good, super talented young guys. I mean, Riggs Johnson's playing in the am. I mean, he's playing in the NCAA championships. And Joey Moore, kid from Billings, who's now playing at San Diego State, uh, he looked like the favorite coming into this men's state AM. So when you were preparing yourself for this, I know you've been a golf professional as well, most recently working at Black Bull there in Bozeman. So you obviously have some game as well. But uh, some of these young guys are, are just incredible talent. So what was sort of the mental preparation for you as you were getting ready for the men's state AM here a
1: couple of weeks ago? Yeah, I mean, you you got to focus on your own game. You know, obviously, I know there's there's some good names out there. Riggs, unfortunately, wasn't playing. Um, but I knew I knew Joey was going to play and, and just knowing that he's going to be in the field. And again, not just himself, but Nathan Bailey and some other great guys, Spencer Williams, you know, out there playing and, and a handful of other guys that play at MSUB and and throughout the state were uh, some big guys to beat. But again, it was just to, you know, get my driver dialed in and, um, and the putter dialed in because Canyon River is a place where you can kind of just bomb it, and uh, if you don't make any putts, you're really not going to score that well. So it, it kind of sets up well for my game. I uh, I like to hit the driver a lot. So
0: it is funny because I play golf around Missoula, and uh, I got buddies that are members out at the Ranch Club. I got a lot of buddies that are members of the Missoula Country Club, and all through the the, the uh, primary courses in, in Missoula are very good, very very fun championship level courses. But you're right, there's not the tree elements or the fescue elements like there is at the Ranch Club and and uh, Country Club. At Canyon River, you kind of have to swing away, but some of the greens are contoured at different levels, and, and there is some tricky putts that could be had out there. And uh, I know that the first day of the tournament, Joey Moore ripped the face off <laughs> that course. He shot a 62, <laughs> tying the course record. I mean, it was a uh, a spectacle to behold. But you yourself, you just seem to kind of stay in it, and you ended up going 66, 65, 66, which earned you a one-shot victory. But when a guy that you know is going to be one of, if not the favorites come into this thing, does what what Joey Moore did, where he shoots a first round sixty two. How do you not get intimidated by that?
1: Uh, I was playing with him, and so uh, that's a great question because you know I was I was staying with him most of the day. He he holds out on hole one for an eagle, and um, I birdied the first two holes, so I kind of catch him after the second hole, and then I got a one shot lead on him going into um, the ninth hole. I'm four under, he's three under. And he hoops that one for a deuce as well for a double eagle. Jeez. So he, That's he, on nine? Just so I'm imagining. Nine, yeah. He book- so he
0: hit, he hit his second yeah.
1: shot in the hole on nine. And on one. So he, <laughs> booked, in, he booked in twos. <laughs> My goodness. Yeah, it, it was unreal. So I, I birdie nine. I shoot five under. Um, end up being down one. And then he birdies 10, birdies 11. I mean, he's on a 59 watch. Where at, at this point, it's like, all right, well, you know, just just. Stay in it any way you can, but again, Joey's a good friend of mine, and I was—I I wanted to see a 59. I mean, I really wanted to see sure, a 59. Sure, of course. Yeah, yeah. So, um, no, but it was—it was awesome to watch, and it was really just, you know, just stick to my game. And I know if I can continue playing good golf, you know, I'd have a chance come that final day because you can't win it on the first day, right? You know, that's the saying—you can lose it on the first day. And um, you know, he—he—he steadied the ship the whole way in and, and shot 62, and it was kind of like. It, he gave a few away. I mean, which is hard to say, um, where he could have shot easily fifty nine, sixty, sixty one, which is which was unreal. But um we went and had dinner together that night, again because he's a good buddy of mine. we we had dinner the night after that too, with each other. We were hitting balls up a buddy's balcony, and um, again, we're good friends. So we were rooting each other on, but in the same sense, we want to beat each other up every time we play.
0: Joey Lovell joining us, the recent winner of the Montana Men's State Amateur Golf Tournament out at Canyon River here in Missoula. It's part of our Garden City Spotlight, presented in part by Dr. Gene Morris of Oral Surgical Associates. And Joey, I always blame my buddies on this. Whenever whenever I'm playing good, if my buddy starts playing bad, then I start playing bad, too. It's kind of like golf by osmosis. (laughs) But is there an element of that? I mean, when a guy really is lighting it like that, is there an element of sort of, uh, hey, I got to keep up with this guy, so now you start playing better, too?
1: Most definitely, and especially in that situation where you know, again, Canyon River reminds me a lot of Blackpool, where it I play does. most of my golf. Um, yeah, where you can just kind of you can hit it out there, you can bomb it, but again, it's about getting on those greens. And when when a putt is rolling and it's going towards the hole, I it doesn't it doesn't move offline. You know it's going to go in. And when the putter's rolling good, it's it's it feels good. And, and when my putter's rolling good, I know I could shoot any number as well. But um, yeah, it was keep up, or you're going to be blown out for sure. But the finish of this, and despite
0: all these low numbers and everybody's getting birdies, the finish really came down to just being solid through the last four or five holes, and you were able to grind it out, and you parred three of the last five to finish at minus 19, and you get the one-stroke victory. So how were you able to sort of lock in mentally and, and, and grind it out down that stretch and, and emerge as the victor?
1: Yeah, you know, he he caught me on the 12th hole. So I, ended up, I ended up taking a three-shot lead heading into the back nine of that final 18. And then he caught me by the 12th hole. He eagled 11, birdie 12, and it was a tie game. And then I overtook it after hole 14 with a one-shot lead. And, again, I had some birdie putts, and he was getting up and down for pars and uh, had a nice-looking birdie putt on on 17 that I didn't capitalize on, and he made a great par putt. And, um, yeah, he had an eagle look on 18, blew it by. He was up first. He made it. And um, I ended up getting up and down from 105 yards out and making a 12-footer, and it was just kind of... Steady your hands and um, do what you do. And um, I looked up. with was about three feet away, and it was dead center and was able to walk it in. And, uh, you know, I gave Joey a big hug right away, right after that. And, and, again, I'm his biggest fan, but I bet you he would say the same about me too, which was fun. Joey Lovell joining
0: us here on Nuanas Now, the recently anointed men's state amateur champion, won that tournament here at Cana River, Missoula Can River, great sponsor of us here at ESPN Missoula. Is this the biggest tournament you ever won? I know you played golf in Sandpoint in high school, played college golf at Lewis and Clark State for a couple years, but uh, where does this compare in terms of tournament victories? Because winning any golf tournament is a big deal, no matter what level of golfer you are.
1: Yeah, uh, it's definitely the biggest championship I've ever won. Um, you know, I, I, I've taken second here behind Riggs before in the state am. Yep. Um, I've taken fifth in the in the Idaho State Amateur in um, in, in Idaho. I've won the U.S. Open local qualifier there at Missoula Country Club this year, which was fun. I mean, that was a nice victory to get and have a chance to, to play in the U.S. Open. Um, but as far as a championship golf tournament is concerned, I would say easily this is my biggest victory. What was your golf game
0: like afterwards? Because sometimes when you have the high, you just keep on going, you keep playing great. Or sometimes maybe,
1: you know, it, it dips a little bit. How's your game been since you won this thing? You know, it's kind of funny. I went and played in another big, large championship over in Sandpoint, Idaho at the Idaho club called the Pacific Northwest Golf Association Men's Amateur. And, um, that golf course is as hard as the golf course I've ever played. And so grand, my my game was good. Uh, the cut was at 11 over and I missed it. (laughs) So, um, yeah, so a a little bit of the hangover from, uh, you, you know, the high that I had from winning, but you know, I would say that the silver lining there was I was able to visit my family and be on the lake every day the rest of the week in those 90-degree temps. So while obviously I wanted to play well, you know, you can't really replace that family time and getting to spend it with my nephews and nieces and brothers and sisters and such. So.
0: And, Joey, you mentioned Riggs Johnson. He's a sort of a prodigy when it comes to Montana golf. He was uh, shooting Unbelievably low scores when he was just a teenager, and now he's sitting there at Arizona State. He's competing on the national stage at the NCAA Championships for the Sun Devils. But you played some golf against him. So uh, what sort of talent do you think he is? Because it seems like he is a guy that has next-level talent if he really continues to improve his golf game. Yeah,
1: you know, when I say I took second to him, he, he beat me by eight shots. <laughs> <So> <laughs> wow. He, uh, he, yeah. <laughs> He, he's as good as they come, and, you know, being able to watch him and, and and root for these Montana guys, Joey and him, but, yeah, Rick's has got that extra game um, with the distance, with his up and down, with his short game. He's, um, I, I believe he has what it takes, and he hits a really high ball, and um, it, it's, it's exciting to watch him to play, and obviously Arizona State's one of the top in the country. He took third at Nationals. Um, you know, he made it to the, you know, top 64 match play for the USM. Um, you know, Joey unfortunately just missed it by a couple of shots, but um yeah, Riggs Riz he has the game and it's it's fun to watch. He bo- he bombs it. I mean he bombs it.
0: You were in the news because of this state am win, but also in the news, Joey Lovell by the way, Bozeman product who was joining us here on Nuana is now part of our Garden City spotlight. He recently won the Men's State Amateur Championship here in Missoula at the Canyon River Golf Club. But now you got a new opportunity here, uh, helping out with the Montana State women's golf team. So uh, tell us how this sort of uh, came about. And Brittany Basie, uh, awesome lady in general, just an awesome person. I always love playing in that tournament out at Black Bull, supporting those Montana State girls. Um, and, but she must be fun to work with. But w- just tell us about how this uh, opportunity came about and what you're excited about, uh, getting to coach some college golf.
1: Yeah, you know, right after college, I, I thought it'd be something fun to get into. I, I always enjoyed teaching, um, whether that's teaching beginners or, or, or teaching people who are just trying to get better. But being able to be a part of a group of nine to ten girls who are who are great Division one golfers already, and just be able to enhance you know their game since I I've, I've been in their situation, you know, I know what I would do better. I know how I could potentially make the team stronger. And you know, I met Brittany my first year out here in two thousand thirteen, and just said, how can I volunteer? How can I help? How can I be a part of Montana State? And, um, you know, the logistics there with volunteering and, and going through the NCAA. And uh, again, with me having a full time job just never really panned out until, um, you know, I got into real estate and saw how much time I could potentially have. And, um, you know, being after COVID and the pandemic, you know, just kind of lined up perfectly to where I, I spoke with Brittany and, and she needed a person. And um, lucky enough, I was that guy. And, um, just fortunate to have this opportunity and, and and be a part of Montana State athletics. If you could give it uh, this the
0: average afternoon hacker, this is so funny because you know, I've been playing a ton of golf trying to get better. I'm a baseball player growing up, so I've been I, I'm behind the learning curve for somebody in their mid thirties. Let's say that. But I've been playing okay lately this summer. Uh, but I remember the day that uh, you went sixty six and the day that Joey went sixty two to open up the men's state. Am I played out there about two days earlier? And I was so stoked over my 82. <laughs> so you guys were light years ahead of me. But just for the, the everyday golfer out there, what sort of advice would you give them? Because there's a lot of different ways to play golf. I think sometimes people make it a little bit too complicated. But if there's just one piece of advice you could give just your average Sunday hacker, what would it be?
1: Yeah, you know, I, I always think of fundamentals. And, um, and and the thing where I see people most kind of struggle is their alignment. Um, you know, and we have these alignment sticks and everybody hits at the range and everybody goes and practices, but I just don't think they're really practiced with the necessary purpose. And going back to, you know, the alignment sticks and fundamentals of knowing where you're aligned and knowing where the ball position is and knowing where your grip is and having all your lines be lined up, whether it's your feet, your knees, your hips, your shoulders, um, and just kind of breaking it back down to the basics is, uh, and then going from there. Because if you, if you aren't lined up correctly, you know, you have to finagle your swing, I guess, in order to hit it back to your target line, and um, and if you're going to practice, may as well practice lining up correctly and having the correct ball position, and then if and then when you see the ball move off from there, then you can adjust.
0: I already feel Ted Strokes better, Joey. Thanks so much for joining <laughs> us here, man. Appreciate the time. Glad to catch up with you. Congratulations again. I think that when you're, uh, you know, just a, a guy out there in the world, and you can win cool tournaments like that, I think it's a feather in your cap. It's a fun, it's fun way to extend your athletic career and and have something to talk about. But congratulations again on your great uh, performance. And uh, thanks so much for joining us here on Nuanas Now.
1: Thank you so much, Colter. I appreciate it. And go Cats.
0: Joey Lovell, new assistant coach, Montana State Women's Golf. But also the recently anointed champion of the men's state amateur, 19-under, Canyon River. Man, what a deal. I I just can't imagine being that good. It is a fun course. You can swing away. and I love swinging away out there, but not to the tune of a 66. Goals. there's There's my goal for the next 10 years of my life. Although I don't know if I'd actually be good at anything else. Because I'd have to play so much freaking golf to be able to get that good, it might take me the rest of time. Joey Lovell was kind enough to join us here on our Garden City Spotlight. He's from Bozeman, but he won the tournament in Missoula. So, Garden City Spotlight highlights great athletes and coaches from around the state of, uh, around the city of Missoula. Excuse me. We're gonna go back to the original iteration of the Garden City Spotlight here pretty shortly, probably a week or two from now. This originated as a segment in which we interviewed all three of the Class AA high school football coaches from around the city of Missoula. And we'll do that again. I touched base with those guys last week. So Mick Morris at Hellgate, Dane Oliver at Missoula Sentinel, and Matt Johnson at Missoula Big Sky, they will all be joining us each week as part of the Garden City Spotlight. Probably play this most of the time on Fridays here on Nuana's now. So stay tuned for that. Garden City Spotlight is proudly presented by Dr. Gene Morris of Oral Surgical Associates. You need a place to get your wisdom teeth out. It's an essential part of life. You don't want to do it, but you need to do it. I promise you, you're going to want to go see an oral surgeon. Dr. Gene Morris, he'll be gentle with you. it will be efficient, and uh, he'll make sure to manage your pain and your recovery as well as anybody. Don't screw around. We need your wisdom teeth out. Go see an oral surgeon. Dr. Gene Morris at Oral Surgical Associates is your guy. Visit OralSurgicalAssociates.com today to learn more about what Dr. Gene Morris can do for you. Hour one of the books, hour two coming at you. Got a sweet giveaway coming up. Got some comedy from our good friend Carolyn, the chick who doesn't know sports. And we'll hear from Montana head coach Bobby Houck. All that and more right here on Nuana's Now. Keep it right here on ESPN Missoula.